0: Like that. Yeah. Tell the people that
1: phony water Week three versus the Packers. It's the first home game for the San Francisco 49ers. It's the first time 49ers wear the red 1994 throwbacks. It's the first nationally televised game. It's the first true test for this team. Welcome to the 49ers Triumvirate Podcast. I am your host for this week, Pablo, and I'm joined by my two fr- favorite brothers, <laughs> Carlos and Tony. What's cracking, fellas? I'm
0: excited for this game, God dang it. <laughs> Pablo already started a bit there, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm excited I'm football. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up already.
1: There <laughs> we go. So, a lot of talk about for this episode... I uh, wanted to start off with mentioning some memorable 49ers versus Packers games for us that we've watched, starting with 1998. Uh, of course, Terrell Owens, the catch-two in the wildcard playoffs. Um, that's actually something that the 49ers website tweeted today, that video. Go check it out uh, if you're not familiar with that play.
0: Yeah, I think I was, I was crying during, during that game because I thought we were going to lose. And uh, unbeknownst to me, actually, that was... Back then, I didn't know it, but at the time, that's the first time my now wife, I think, saw me for the first time ever in our young lives. <laughs> I was
2: probably also crying, but that's because I was only one at the time <laughs> of the game. <laughs> I had no idea what was, what was going on, but I was probably running around. Or I don't even know. I probably couldn't even run then. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> you were the a
1: No? Yeah. Yes, you know that, Mom
2: said I was running at six months. <laughs>
1: yeah, sure. <laughs> you were also doing calculus. <laughs> now, no, well, the, the memorable part about this game, in a way, it was so emotional because Owens had been dropping passes throughout that game. Um, it's the last seconds of the game. I, I forget what the score was. We were down. We needed a touchdown to win. Um, Steve Young takes the snap, kind of stumbles uh, and stutters like we do as he's dropping back. And then he just throws a bullet into the end zone. Owens catches it and gets popped by two defensive players immediately.
0: He caught it. He caught it.
1: Yeah, But he held on to it. So that was awesome. Uh, Of course, Colin Kaepernick uh, owned the Packers in 2012 and 2013 during the regular season and in the playoffs at Lambeau as well. I'll never forget Kaepernick going sleeveless at Lambeau. Uh, That was just a badass team with Jim Harbaugh and, and, and those 49ers.
0: Yeah, I think Cap ran on them 182 yards the, the first game at uh, a at candlestick.
1: Yeah, that was just so so awesome. Yep. Yeah,
0: that was pretty crazy. And, uh, and, and I remember they
2: afterwards they like um had put out like this magazine and it was of Kaepernick running and it was a, there he goes and he had a broken yeah, like the, Illustrated. I think single game rushing record. I think he had a broken Michael Vick's record. And yeah. Yeah, I was freezing that game afterwards. He you know Mar Bowman was like shivering and he's like no, nah, man, Kaepernick was saying it's not too bad. And Bowman came by shivering, and the reporter just let him go inside because he couldn't take it anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think you're talking about two different games now. One of them was was at (laughs)
0: at Lambo. (laughs) There's no way Bowman would be freezing that candlestick. No, I'm talking about the game at Lambo.
1: That was the next year.
0: The the one where he broke the rushing record. Now I'm getting confused. That was in 2012. (laughs) You were probably running around. (laughs) That's why.
1: Yeah, no, well, you're right. You just got the years mixed up. Um, <laughs> the location and <it's> state. <laughs> I know. All right, let's let's move on here. Uh, so, what most of you will remember is 2019 with this roster. Uh, well, not the entire roster, but this coaching staff, uh, most of this roster. Uh, regular season, we dominated, and then of course the NFC Championship game in 2019 that got us to the Super Bowl, where um, Raheem Mostert broke out. Um,
0: In in, in the 2019 game, what I want to say is that the Packers hype man or them trying to get pumped up for that NFC championship game, they had already lost before the ball was kicked off because they were already talking about no matter what happens today, we're here, we're together. They were already preparing themselves to lose. And in that game, to quote David Goggins, the Niners took their soul, man. They they just ran it down their throats like I've never seen before. That was awesome, man. It was beautiful. It was.
2: Jimmy didn't have to throw, so he was very happy.
1: Yep. And then, so 2020, that's a different story because of COVID. Our team was in shambles with injuries as well. It was a Thursday night game that most fans – didn't want to see. Uh, it shouldn't have happened. They should have postponed it. Yeah,
2: it but it guess. happened.
1: I don't. I, I don't remember who the quarterback was, Mullins or CJ. Probably Mullins, and maybe our starting receiver was, uh, Craycraft, Robert Craycraft. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all that, that I remember.
0: Yeah, because KB uh, Kendrick Bourne, he he pretty much spread the the COVID nineteen or so we thought, because then later we found out it was like a false negative or some something. And I, I don't understand all other games had been postponed or kind of you know to accommodate the pandemic. And for some reason, this game was like, nope, the show must go on. And I mean, we 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 got whooped. And what what irked me the most is the Packers when they won, they were walking like if they had really you know done something big, they had beat the Forty ers Like man, you, you guys beat the third and fourth stringers, but they were walking like they had to beat that twenty nineteen team.
1: Agreed. Yeah,
2: that was some BS. Uh, just like, it was on a
1: short week. It shouldn't have happened.
2: Yeah, just the NFL trying to make Rogers look good as always. Their poster boy.
1: All right, so we're gonna get into latest news, injury updates, and then we'll get into more details of, of the game and some more stats for you guys. Uh, but for latest news, uh, Carlos. Yeah, take just it away.
0: going off some of the of the press conferences. There's some niner nuggets or pieces of information here. The special teams coach, Tim Hightower, uh, he highlighted Trent Sherfield, which I think is important because not only is he, is he pushing Brandon Ayuk, but he's also, you know, showing up on special teams along with Trent and Cannon. Uh, they really helped uh, our fourth round pick, Punter Wisnowski. You know, he had an excellent uh, game against the Eagles and really, you know, downing the opponent deep in their own end zone. So I thought that was awesome. Uh, that he highlighted those players and, and uh, that special team effort sometimes goes unrecognized. Uh, other things to note, uh, George Kittle, he's, he's always fun and he liked to point out how, how Coach Shanahan likes to have fun under the lights um, and that they have a lot of fun plays coming up for this primetime game. So I'm really looking forward to that. To me, it just made me think, is it a possible chance we have some fun plays for Trey Lance? I hope so. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to definitely stay tuned to find out. Um, and then as it got a little bit more interesting was that was Shanahan's uh, press conference. Aside from him uh, relieving some important information, uh, as he commented that um, a lot of the offense was designed to cater for Mostert's speed, you know, because we all know that Mostert just has this amazing speed and just has the ability to <coughs> just break break one open uh it, it kind of highlights to to the the signing uh we have of of the this running back Jacques Patrick uh who is 62 230 pounds. uh he doesn't quite run that 43 uh i think he ran what was it a 44 or a 46 four six. Four six. yeah so it's not that at speed but it could be maybe pointing toward a change you know in in the in the game plan or the offense design but but still, I mean, you know, 6'2", 230 pounds coming at you with that 4'6 speed, you know, you better watch out.
1: And, I, and guys, I think that, that this is a big deal. Maybe it's not getting talked about enough. Mostert was the star of that 2019 NFC Championship game. I think any other running back probably doesn't score as many times as he did there. Um, I mean, he was just barely getting, getting by tackles because of his speed. So that, that's going to be interesting to see going forward uh, with the running backs that we have left on the team.
0: Yeah and I think uh, that that's a good point is in terms of you know maybe now Trey Sermon he he's a bigger back he's on a he's on doesn't have that blazing speed so so it's all interesting to see how Shanahan handles this whole thing um and then as it kept you know bringing up questions of course uh, the question was asked to Shanahan about you know moments before the draft did the 49ers indeed pick up the the phone and call Uh, the Packers to inquire about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we all know how unhappy Aaron Rodgers was uh, with Green Bay and the Packers, you know, their failure to really commit to him. He skipped, you know, the OTAs and everything. And uh, Shanahan, as usual, was very candid and honest and said, yes, you know, we picked up the phone and, you know, we inquired about Aaron. It was a quick call. They quickly turned it down. Uh, But, that led to another interesting piece by Mike Silver, which was reported that you know maybe there's some bad blood or some tension between Lafleur and uh, and Shani, as we like to call him. Um, that uh, it, it kind of irked Lafleur the fact that Shanahan did pick up the phone and reach out to inquire about Rogers. Right. So the the story goes that uh, Mike McDaniel's was on the phone with uh, I think it was Lafleur's younger brother and they were talking about the draft and the quarterbacks and so on. And uh, Shanahan walks into the room and um, Shanahan was, I think he's making a comment uh, about the, the the quarterback. And he was saying that, they, that we would hope that the jets would take Wilson. Cause we had already, you know, kind of scouted the other quarterbacks. And then Mike LaFleur was saying, uh, what do you mean you already got your quarterback? Um, and that was, you know, Like referring to Aaron Rodgers,
2: we said Aaron Rodgers,
0: yeah, and I guess uh, I, I don't know. The reports are that the people in the room saw Shanahan get somewhat, you know, you know, visibly upset, or you know, or or you know, just you know, maybe turn red, and then I guess Shanahan tried to tell, you know, jokingly tell Lafleur's brother, hey, no, you know, tell your brother to call me because he hasn't returned my calls, and then uh, the younger brother of Lafleur was, well, can you blame him? So it, it seems like uh, the head coach of the Packers kind of took it personal that Shanahan tried to maybe, you know, steal Aaron Rodgers from under him. But, hey, you know, it's part of the business. I, I hope that there is some sort of beef and drama. I hope <laughs> that after the game and they go to shake hands and maybe we see something similar to Harbaugh and Jim, and, Schwartz. Uh, Jim Schwartz did back in the Niners <laughs> play the Lions. But, but we'll see.
1: I think it's definitely overblown, as you said. It's a business. Who's not going to inquire about Aaron Rodgers? I could see why it's confusing for 49er fans at the same time. That we at the same time, though, we had just drafted Trey Lance. We had traded up third overall, you know, three first-round picks, et cetera, et cetera. Why are we asking about Aaron Rodgers? So
2: no, this was before we before the draft. No. Yes.
1: Yeah, so this
0: happened before this the happened, draft. This happened minutes oh, yeah. before the draft. The, because the offer was going to be the third right. overall pick and Jimmy G.
1: You're right. We had already traded up, and we were yeah. already in position to draft. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it you know. was
0: moments before but, the draft because there were reports that Rodgers yeah. was done with Green Bay, and he was demanding
1: a trade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either way, it's still confusing because we had traded up for a quarterback, and now we're we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. and
0: yeah. Well, and, I, and, I, and I agree with Shanahan and Lynch, right, the GM. Um, I mean, uh, a, a good point is that uh, Lynch and Rogers share the same agent. So I think it was a quick call to make. And I, I think, as Lynch likes to say, you do your due diligence. If Aaron Rodgers gets on the trade block, you pick up that phone and, and you know, inquire I mean, him. He's and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. So I, I don't blame Shanahan or Lynch at all for making the call.
1: And and let's not forget, Aaron Rodgers was disgruntled. He didn't want to play for the Packers. Right. No, uh, actually, and that's when we did our documented. when we did our predictions for the season um, earlier in the year, we thought the Niners would win this game easily because we didn't think Aaron Rodgers was even going to play. So.
0: Yeah, we were thinking it, might, it was going to probably going to be Jordan Love. So. Yep.
1: Yeah. So I, I don't see any any harm done there. It's it's overblown. Whatever. If they want to try to make it as a there's a beef or a storyline yeah I mean roll they, with it.
0: They, they also try to poke at Jimmy G right they asked Jimmy G hey, Jimmy you know how, how did you take it or how did you find out that the 49ers were inquiring about Aaron Rodgers you know you know pre-draft or in the final moments and he said oh, I just found out probably you know it was probably Twitter or something but you know he he handled it you know very professionally like you know good old Jimmy like whatever but I know I hope it, it, it does something to Jimmy. And uh, if there is a game where he can ball out and throw beyond 15 yards, <laughs> I, I, ho- I hope it's the same.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get into the details of the game. Uh, first, let's go over the latest news on injuries. Tony?
2: Yeah, so injury update. This is from Matt Mayoko, uh, 49ers participation report for practice. So today did not practice. Eric Armstead with the adductor injury, Kevin Givens with an ankle injury, Jermichael Hasty also an ankle, Elijah Mitchell with that shoulder injury, and then today limited in practice, Javon Kinlaw with his knee, uh, Emmanuel Mosley also with the knee, and then Trey Sermon obviously uh, a concussion protocol after that that uh, nasty hit he took, and then uh, D'Amico Ryan's also today in press conference he didn't announce who would start. Uh, between Mosley, uh, Lenore, and Norman, so um, I'm not sure if they announced they have Mosley's cleared to play this this Sunday, but uh, would it would be the starters would be between those three.
1: Yeah, he's he's been limited. There's a possibility he plays. I have a theory on the cornerback situation, but before that, do you guys know what an adductor is for I Eric I Armstead's think. injury? I, th- I think sure. I, no, I had to look it up, and it, apparently it's the muscles like for your inner oh, yeah, thigh, probably. inner thigh area. Um, so I, I didn't well, know that it's not the groin. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. There's like, there's like two or three different adductor muscles, apparently mm-hmm. something along those lines. So mm-hmm. anyway, so my theory on the cornerback situation he, here, here's what I think. If the 49ers continue to win games here, I think by the bye week we could see a similar situation like we saw in 2019. When the 49ers traded for Emmanuel Mosley, they traded in, on October 21st of 2019 for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they sent a third and fourth round pick to Denver, which also included a twenty twenty fifth round pick. Um, I think the 49ers make a move for a corner around the bye week if we're legit contenders. And and we we trade with a team that <laughs> the, the situation has to line up. But with a team that doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs, that's wait, more wait, in the wait. Are you talking about
2: mode. Emmanuel Sanders, not Emmanuel Mosley? You mean, right? Uh,
1: I'm sorry, Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Okay. Right.
2: Okay. Okay. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Good. No. Oh, yeah. That, direction that, there. Oh, yeah. That,
2: that makes total sense. I could definitely see that. Like you said, if we're winning games and, and we're in position to legitimately make a run, I could, I could see them making a move for, for a more legit corner.
0: Yeah, and, and I think this is a result of Lynch kind of ignoring the cornerback position in the draft. I mean, the, the, the it's been defensive linemen. That have been taken uh, highly, right? Uh, Bosa is, so far has been a, sl- a slam dunk, I would say. But uh, I think Kenlaw, the jury's still out. I mean, Solomon Thomas no longer with the team, so I, I think we've ignored the corner cornerback position for too long. And I-, I do think it would be smart
1: for us to make a move at-, at the cornerback position if we are, you know, truly contending. Right. So, so that's my theory for contending. We make a move with a team that's not contending, but has some, you know, a top corner there. And we we trade maybe what do we have left? Second, maybe not even a third round for next year, whatever we can. You know, and the 49ers front office have not completely ignored the cornerback position. I would say in free agency they have for sure, but we drafted a Keller Witherspoon who didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And now, now Demo and uh, Ambry Thomas. Thomas. Demo is looking promising, but it's early. Thomas not so much um, but I agree in general you'd like to for them to spend a little bit more like the Rams like the Rams going all out for corners and, and actually they go all out for everyone in free agency
0: you no.
1: it's something I don't think we've talked about on the podcast uh, I think it's worth bringing up and we can talk about it some other time but we've been keeping an eye on the Rams because they're strategy for, for building a roster their philosophy is is 180 opposite of ours ours is brick by brick through the draft and the rams it's spend the money you need to spend on free agency to get the best players who cares about their draft picks yeah. a lot of the time it's a crapshoot anyway Trade a first and get a proven commodity so um it's i could say right now we could probably say it's worked better for the rams neither team has won a super bowl but the rams have been more consistent And now with the move they made for Stafford um, appear to be more legit at this point, in my opinion, than the 49ers do. But that'll get worked out when we play them. All right, so that's my theory in the cornerback situation now. As uh, Nacho Libre likes to say, let's get down to the (laughs) nitty-gritty. Does he even say that? I don't know. (laughs) He does. He does. does. And the nitty-gritty. He goes, let's get down to the (laughs) (laughs) nitty-gritty. So the spread for this Sunday night football game is favoring the Niners by three and a half points. Typically, Vegas gives the home team three points. So by giving us three and a half, they're, they think um, you know, we'll win by six and a half total. Um, one thing to look at, though, that of course 49er fans won't forget and, and will we'll throw in Packer fans' face, the last six times Aaron Rodgers has played a 49er team with a winning record, He's lost every single one, right? So 2012 opener and the 2012 playoffs lost. The 2013 opener and playoffs lost. And then, of course, 2019, week 12, and the 2019 playoffs lost. So, Randall Rogers is 0 6 when facing a 49ers team with a winning record. That's pretty crazy.
2: Yep. It's dominance right there. And the L he took in 2005 when we passed him up on the. That was one for us <laughs> Yeah,
1: for sure us. But that's that's past seasons uh, For this season, Tony What what have the Packers done so far in the first two weeks?
2: So, so far the Packers are One and one, week one, the Saints And Jameis Winston surprised Everybody and just whooped the Packers 38-3 to uh, The Saints were um, Not even playing in New Orleans because of the uh, the Storm, Hurricane And Aaron Rodgers had a pretty terrible game, you know, very, very rare. You don't see much of these. He went 15 for 28, 133 yards, and two interceptions. And even at one point, Jordan Love had to come into the game um, because they were, you know, losing pretty bad. And then week two, they... Everyone
1: was questioning after week one whether Aaron Rodgers was in it and er and there was some panic, right?
2: Yep. Yeah, he looked very disgruntled on the sideline. I mean, very down. Uh, very frustrated, obviously, uh, and it was very surprising. I mean, Jameis Winston had a game through like for five touchdowns, I believe, and the Saints just had a had a really solid game plan. And then week two, uh, the Packers on it was one Monday night, I believe, played the Lions and they beat them thirty-five to seventeen. This game much more in Rodgers, you know, fashion. You went twenty-two for twenty-seven, two hundred and fifty-five yards, four touchdowns, and. My boy Aaron Jones also had a huge game and won me a fantasy football game. So the Packers just dominated the Lions, and actually for a bit, the Lions were hanging in there. I think they, to go into the half, they were actually up. They were up ten to seven, um, and then yeah, second second half came around, and you know, Packers did what they do best, and they put up points.
1: That's the thing with the Packers is, or or any team with a legit quarterback, they can come back if they're winning. You know you. You can't be satisfied of being up two touchdowns, or even three. You you gotta keep the uh, the the you gotta keep your foot on the accelerator pedal, so to speak. Not the not the best uh, term yep. there, but which
2: is, which is actually what the, the 49ers. <laughs> you, know, you get
1: the gist. <laughs> and, the,
2: and the 49ers have kind of done the opposite, right? We've kind of started off, uh, or I guess against the land, we started off hot and then took our foot off the gas. So kind of interesting to point out to
0: get off the accelerator pedal. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're a little too
1: technical sometimes with our engineering background. All right. so, yeah, so It's going to be a good game. Can't wait. So so Let's get into a little bit more of the details. Let's go into our game predictor metric GPM and have a little bit of a discussion there. Uh, we'll take a look at the categories, quarterback, head coach, overall offense, overall defense, special teams, and of course, home to advantage. So on the quarterback, I don't think there's much of a debate here, guys.
0: No, yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers, for sure, first Ballet Hall Fame. He's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, reigning MVP. So there, there's, no, there's really no close comparison between Jimmy G uh, and Aaron Rodgers. So without a doubt, the Packers have the advantage at the quarterback position.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, there's not really much of a discussion here between between them two. Like apples yeah. and oranges.
1: Yeah, huge huge advantage, yeah. Packers. Not even close. One, one thing and, you and could actually, always, to try to be unbiased, one thing you could always do is just switch the quarterbacks uh, on the teams and, you know, how would you feel if we had Aaron Rodgers and we were going up against Jimmy G and, and Matt LaFleur? So.
2: And actually, something to point out too, Jimmy G in the last time we played the Packers um, didn't throw the ball much in the NFC Championship game. Nope. We we mainly ran the ball. I, I, don't know, I was, think it was, let's see, how much did he throw? He was six for eight, 77 yards. So he only had eight pass attempts.
1: And okay, one of those was almost to the other team, at least yeah. one of those. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, head coach. I think this one is close. And I know I know what the fans are thinking. We've dominated them, right, with Shanahan. However, you got to take a look at just not just at our head-to-head matches, but the Packers in general with Matt Lafleur. This is his third year, um, and he's taken the Packers to the NFC Championship game. His first two years, yes, he's got Aaron Rodgers, but still, you got to be a, a good head coach to, to get the team playing cohesively. He had to get Aaron Rodgers to buy into his offensive system, so he, he gets a lot of credit. I still give the edge to Shanahan because Shanahan just has more experience than Lafleur as a head coach. Um, but th- but this is a close one for me.
0: Yeah, I think Matt LaFleur uh, so far, right, in our young schedule, uh, will be the best head coach we face faced thus far. Uh, he's, you know, uh, obviously better, in my opinion, than kneecap Dan Campbell. And, you know, simple but complex but simple Nick Sirianni. Uh, so, <laughs> so, 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 yeah, I, I agree. I uh, I still give the edge to Shanahan. That's that's my coach. Uh but but LaFleur is no scrub by any means. So um I, I agree with there.
2: Yeah, I also agree as well. I, uh, just to go off of what Paulo said, yeah, it's really, really impressive uh, what LaFleur has done. Two back to back 13 and three seasons and two back to back uh NFC championship appearances. Um and he and you could say, you know, yeah, he has Aaron Rodgers, but I mean he coached Aaron Rodgers or I guess helped coach Aaron Rodgers to an M V P season. So pretty pretty great resume so far
1: so uh, we're looking at this as a big game as a pretty big game right uh Aaron Rodgers Sunday Night Football at home but I think the Packers fans got to be looking at this as a huge game right I think th- they got to see in order for them to fully be believe in their head coach they got to see him beat Shanahan right wouldn't you think that I agree and well, I just, other... I just think
0: in, in general um this game is it very important for the Packers and for Aaron Rodgers. As Tony pointed out earlier, Week One they got blown out of the water by the Saints. Uh, the media was talking. You know, the Packers came back and won, and they beat the Lions. And now Aaron Rodgers like was trying was to talk cocky down, after very that cocky, game. trying to talk down on the media and saying cocky. they don't know what they're they are do not know what they're talking about. You know, we we got this. Don't worry. So in Week Three. If the Niners can take them out and and you know and and take their soul again, uh I think that can, this can be the beginning of the Packers unraveling at, at an early stage of the season. Because um, I think the media will again jump all over them if they if they lose
1: on Sunday. Yeah. On the other hand, if they win, yeah.
0: I think this uh, both teams have
2: a lot to lose. Like yeah, on the other end for the Forty ers first home game. You know, I think we've been asking ourselves, are we contenders? Do we have what it takes? This is the first true test. You know, if we come out home opener and really just, you know, drop the ball and lose, I mean, that's very, I guess, um, going to drop the morale in the locker room. Uh, it would be pretty terrible.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a big game for both teams. But I think the pressures on the Packers and, and, and Lafleur to show that they, he can beat Shanahan. And, uh, and a, a legitimate team that that just dominated in 2019. Um and he came out of the Shanahan system, of course, right? So I think the pressure's on him. If you know, Carlos mentioned the negatives. If they if they lose, they, they could start unraveling. But if they win, this could be a huge momentum boost for them as well. So just good to kind of take the perspective from of the fans from the other team sometimes. And I think this is a a bigger deal for them, in my opinion, than it is for us. We're two zero. If we lose to a legit team, it's not the end of the it's not the end of the road. But yeah. Um, And it depends, right? It depends how how you lose and win. It it does make a difference. So, anyway, overall offense, what do you guys think there? Who's got the edge? Who's got the advantage? Uh, I'm going to
0: say that uh, it's a very, very close one. Uh, But I'm going to give the slight edge to uh, the 49ers just because I, I really believe, you know, games are won and lost in the trenches. Uh I think we have the better offensive line. Um, we definitely uh do not have the best the better quarterback as we just talked about, but I think with the with the offensive line that we have and also I think with Shanahan and McDaniels orchestrating the plays, I, I give our offense uh the slight advantage.
2: Oh, man, I, I would have to disagree. I think quarterback, Packers, running back, Aaron Jones, Packers, receivers, Devontae Adams, Packers, and, you know, tight end 49ers. But, you know, on the other hand, they have Robert Tanyan, who's a very legitimate uh, tight end. So I, I think what we have going for the for us with 49ers is obviously the, you know, Shanahan's play calling. Um, but the biggest thing we're missing is we don't know who's going to start at running back on, on Sunday. I think that's huge. I think regardless, you know, Shanahan will scheme up some nice plays, but it will be a matter of if we can hit those plays and execute. Um, but I think if we're just looking at overall offense, I think the Packers take the edge.
1: I would have to agree with Tony on this one as well for, for the, the same reasons. Um, just, Aaron, you know, Aaron Rodgers, we already gave him the edge at quarterback. They have the better running back right now with Mostert out, uh, Mitchell out, and, and just a question mark there at who the heck is going to take the load. Um, of course, receivers—they have the better receivers, and we're kind of struggling at corner. So for yeah, I'll give the edge to the to the Packers offense. Now now let's talk about defense. Defense uh, for me, definitely the Niners have have the advantage with our pass rush. Um, ability to stop the run is a concern, but not as bad as as um, the Packers. Actually, we we have some information on DVOA, um, Tony. That I forgot to mention here. Do you want to do you want to uh, go over that for let's see, yeah, for offense maybe since we just talked about that.
2: Yeah, and then this DVOA um, we also took into c- consideration for the GPM along with um, I think also ESPN and just other rankings. Uh, so for the 49ers, DVOA overall, they're ranked sixth, uh, eighth for offense, uh, passing offense fifth, rushing offense. 16th.
0: And then I don't see the Packers. And it's interesting that even though we have, you know, Jimmy G and we're criticizing him, uh, that's the highest uh, passing offense we've had in the Shanahan Garoppolo era. Yeah. That's,
1: that's, that's, you
0: know, pretty interesting, I think.
1: I mean, you know, data sample size is is two weeks, so it's early, but still, it's promising. Yeah. And I think the the Packers aren't gonna be as uh, rated as high because of the first game against the uh the Saints.
2: Yeah, but you can't erase that. I mean the Saints whooped them, you know. Yep,
1: yeah. Yep, yep, exactly. And and then our defense, I know that we're thirteenth overall on DVOA. All you gotta say is Nikki B. That's
0: it. <laughs> Enough said. Nikki B. He's gonna he's gonna eat on Sunday. Um I can't wait to see the, that matchup and that D-line get after Rodgers.
2: Yeah, I would say we definitely have the edge on defense. Uh, 49 niners take it for defensive line and also for linebackers. Um, so I definitely expect the D-line to be getting a- after uh, Aaron Rodgers like they did before. And hopefully we could see D-4. I feel like we didn't see D-4 much uh, last week. So hopefully, you know, this week we see him in more situations.
1: Yeah, and DVOA, so the Niners are 13th for defense overall and the Packers... And and eleventh um, on passing defense for the Niners, and we are 16th for rushing. The Packers are 25th in rushing for DVOA and defense, and 26th in passing. So definitely the advantage to 49ers on defense. And, and and we'll talk about keys to the game later. So I won't I won't jump ahead there. Uh, what about special teams, guys?
2: Special teams is always kind of hard to uh, like Carlos. Says, it kind of goes unnoticed sometimes. Um, I would say just with how the 49ers special teams have been playing, I would say, definitely say I'd give our, uh, I guess, punting team the advantage, which now he just came off of a huge week. He was named the NFC special teams player of the week. So I expect him to keep punting well. And then, you know, hopefully, you know, with um, Trent Sherfield and Trent Cannon, you know, improving in practice, hopefully we get to see some better returns. I feel like we haven't really seen a, a good return yet um, from the 49ers.
0: I think for special teams right now, I have more faith in Crosby than I do in Gold in making a, a game-winning field goal. So I think I'd give the edge to the Packers here. I think, you know, if we were going to a game and you're, you know, you know, choosing players or you're, you know, like you did back in elementary school, uh, I think I would pick Crosby over Gold right now going into this game, just because. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I just I'm slowly gaining back my confidence on Gold. Uh, but right now, I think Crosby is uh, playing better.
1: This one's really hard. It's really hard to say. You know, people, it's like they pay attention to special teams a whole lot. We took a look at statistics um, around the league uh, for the Packers and for the 49ers, and we, we punched the numbers into the GPM. Um, the, you, you know, you mentioned the kicker. We gave the edge to uh, Crosby. Mason Crosby. Uh, you know, kick return, Packers, took the edge there, better at punt coverage and punt return. So it's it's very close. But but overall, our GPM did give the edge to to special teams, uh, but it could really go either way. Um, so home field advantage obviously goes to the 49ers. The crowd's going to be really loud. Um, the crowd's going to be excited. First home game, like we said, so. I think it'll get as, it'll be as loud as it can get at Levi stadium.
0: Yeah. And I think that, that's, you know, I think uh, if Levi stadium is going to be a, a, a true home field advantage, right. I think the fans have to show out, which I, I think they will. I mean, I'm confident that they will. We, we've, uh, we, because we am there with them in spirit. Uh, they invaded the uh, D- D- Detroit. They invaded Philly. So I mean, we're this is in our in our own backyard. Um, so I'm really hoping that number one, all the fans show up, they're loud and rowdy, um, and that the Niners come away with the victory, because uh, that will f- further, you know, start to build that home true home field advantage.
2: Yeah, I think we got kind of got to see a little bit of it in the in the playoffs, man. The Levi Stadium was really rocking, so I definitely expect that to carry over, and maybe even more so, you know, because of COVID fans haven't been there in you know over a year so it'd be very exciting to see how it is
1: yeah i think the fact that we have most of our starters intact still and we're 2 and 0 i think pe- you know the 49ers fans are still still have the hangover from that 2019 season so i, th- I think the uh, the energy will definitely be there so overall guys gpm gives a slight edge to the 49ers Not by much, though we're talking about 1.4 points in difference. And if we were to put a tolerance on our GPM, you know, what would it be? What do you guys think it'd be? Maybe like three, three points or so. So, what this means is it could go either way. I think the fact that it's a home game is what gives the the 49ers the edge, really. If it was at Lambeau, the Packers would have the edge. So, it's one of those games where, um, you know, according to our GPM statistics and all that, uh, the 4 ers have the very slight edge.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I I see that playing out, and I think that's why. Uh, what I like about the GPM here is that it, it takes you know the real-life scenario into account. But but what I mean by that is that, as Paulo just stated, uh, if, it, if that's the the beauty or the 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 advantage of truly having home field advantage, right? That's why it's critical that you win your home games and that in the playoffs you stay at home because it really does play a factor in terms of, you know, the, the team. Yeah. The team's play, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could argue, you know, if this was at Lambeau, it would go the other way, right? Fortnite yep. have the slight edge here. If this was at Lambeau, no doubt the Packers would have the edge there.
1: Yep, exactly. Well, so far GPM is undefeated 2-0. So, we'll see going into this first true test how it That's does. Right. <laughs> so, how do you see the game uh, playing out, Tony? Oh,
2: man. I think it's going to be a high scoring game on both sides. Um, I think, you know, I think Kyle going to look to obviously run the ball, control the clock. And I think we're going to try to throw over the middle. And I think maybe even see a little bit of Trey Lance, hopefully. Uh, but it, it may be in a better way than he was used in week one. I was taking a look back a look at the Packers Saints game and Winston used his legs a lot and it kind of tore him up. So I think if we could kind of get Lance involved, you know, not the design runs he did in week one, but kind of maybe um, have him throw a little bit more and then roll out and use his legs, it would definitely be useful. But I think it's going to be a close game.
0: What
1: do you think, Carlos?
0: Um, I think it's going to be a close, if the Niners are going to win, as we're predicting with the GPM, I think it's going to be a close game, but I don't, it it won't be uh, a high scoring game. And what I mean, a high scoring, it's not going to be in the thirties or forties or anything like that. Uh, I would think more of a 21 to 24 Niners, you know, victory just because right now uh, I just don't see Jimmy G going toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers. If the Fortnagers are gonna win this game, it's gonna be by keeping the ball away from Aaron Rodgers, which means we control the clock and run the ball. And when the Packers have the ball, that means that our our, our front seven, Nicky B, D Ford, they're getting to Rodgers or sacking them, and you know you know preventing them from hitting that deep throw to Devontae Adams. So I'm predicting a very close game. You know you know coming down to the last couple possessions. Uh, but it, 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 we just can't go, in my opinion, right now, toe to toe, and you know, be in the 30s or 40s against Aaron Rodgers. How do you see it, P?
1: I'm gonna give my trademark double prediction <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so if if the 49ers, so so as we said, right, the the Packers, so far through two weeks, are not good at stopping the the rush. And not very good at defending the pass either, but I'm gonna focus on the on the rush. If we can run the ball and control the clock, keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, put up some points where we get ahead and which forces them to be throwing the ball more. And and assuming Nikki B. Ford and it can put pressure on Rodgers, I see this as a, um, a potential close win for the 49ers 24-21. However, if the, if, if the Packers come out and just start exposing our corners, which I'm afraid of, and start putting up points early, the game's going to get out of hand. We're not going to be able to run the ball. This is Jimmy G's first opportunity to carry this team this year if the defense can't stop Aaron Rodgers, right? If we can't get to him um, and we're not slowing him down and we have to keep up, we have to match fire with fire. I don't think we can. I don't think Jimmy G can do it. Hopefully he proves me wrong. So if that happens, I think we lose
2: 21-35. What's yeah. your, your your score prediction, Carlos?
0: As I said, my, my score prediction, the 49ers are to win 24-21, uh, uh, the 49ers take it, right? I think that the Packers, their keys to victory is uh, when they when they have the ball, I would, I think, go straight to the big play. A deep ball to Devontae Adams because that does two things. One, it puts up points right away. Yeah. Two, I think it will silence the crowd or shock the crowd. Um, And then uh, with that, I think the Niners will have to respond, right? And uh, if we can't get to Aaron Rodgers, I can see them scoring on each possession. As I stated earlier, I just don't see, you know, Jimmy G... Uh, keeping up and and going, you know, touchdown for touchdown with Aaron Rodgers. So that would be the Packers' key to victory, uh, if if it's a goal in their favor. Yeah, I agree. And and on to add on, I guess, to the
2: Packers' keys to victory. Yeah, definitely test the corners. You know, especially the rookie Lenore, um, or even Norman. I would def- I'd definitely throw in. You know, 49ers defense struggles with quick passes and screens. I would definitely throw Aaron Jones out in the screen game. And on defense, the uh, biggest thing is they can make Jimmy throw. Take the middle away. Uh, we saw Jimmy struggle a bit last week. He didn't really have any passes towards the middle. I would force Jimmy to throw outside if I were the Packers because those are the passes he struggles with the most. So, I would be on the lookout and
1: for that. We, we talked about the 49ers key to victory on offense, right? Controlling the clock, running the ball, keeping the the out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. What about on defense? We mentioned getting to Aaron Rodgers, but how how do we how do we help the corners here? How do we account for the, that deep threat and stop the run at the same time? What do you guys think we got to do there?
0: I think you got to keep your two the uh, two high safety. Your safeties have to have to stay back to prevent that you know deep ball to Devontae Adams, uh, which means that our front seven really have to play disciplined and they have to be able to number one get to Aaron Rodgers and stop the run right exactly. Because yep. By by doing that, by keeping the safeties back, it's gonna make it very difficult for Aaron Rodgers to throw. Uh, which which means that they're gonna have to try to run the ball with Aaron Jones. Uh, right. So we need to stuff them there, and when they do try to pass, we need to be able to get to Aaron Rodgers with just either, which is four, which is four or five people rushing.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I said definitely keep the safeties, you know, back, you know. But I, I think yeah, the risk we run is, you know, the Forty Niners have. A, struggled with stopping the run the last two weeks you know and aaron jones obviously one of the better running backs in the league so that'll definitely be a challenge like you said you know the the, that our front line and our linebackers have to be on their game
1: yeah but i think if you have to choose between the poison you rather them run on you and take your chances there rather than then doing the quick scoring taking you apart through the air because again we don't believe jimmy g can go blow to blow with rogers and i think Shanahan knows that as well. So the wild card and all this, Carlos touched on it earlier. Trey Lance, is he gonna play? Is there gonna be some plays for him? That, that'll be interesting to see as well. But
0: yeah, it's it's a it's a bag full of mixed emotions here because I wanna see Trey Lance play and I wanna see him in there, but then that could potentially mean then that we're struggling, losing and that uh, Jimmy G is having a, a horrendous hideous game where he would need to get pulled in order for Trey Lance to go in um yeah so it's yeah, just anything can happen i just you know i really want you know us to get to Aaron Rodgers and and take him out man just 2020 left me with a bad taste in my mouth and uh it, it's it's payback it's it's personal man for sure,
2: yeah, and even apart from Lance, I mean, I just hope we see more of Kittle and Ayuk and um Juice Check. I feel like we haven't really been utilizing our weapons to you know to their full extent. We like Kittle said, you know, Kyle Shanahan has some fun things planned, so hopefully, we get to see more of our playmakers with the ball because Debo has been carrying
0: It's gonna be awesome to watch, yeah. I can't wait. I'm really really pumped up for this one again. Uh, I, I hope we we. You know, win the toss, kickoff, defer, whatever. I think our our fans is going to be electric. It's going to be, you know, defense,
1: defense, and then Nicky B's going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm happy about is that football is back, man. I got to tell you, <laughs> <laughs> football's back finally. We just say that at least once a once a <laughs> podcast. So, so to wrap up here, uh, what are some of the matchups you guys will be looking at? And so we're recording on uh, Thursday night here. Um, the, the Panthers just beat the Texans twenty-four to nine. Darnold is looking pretty damn decent there. Three and zero. What are some of the uh, the other matchups you guys are looking forward to this weekend?
0: I'll, I'll just make a comment on on, on the Sam Darnold uh, in the in the off season, I, I was hoping, or I was. You know, in a sense, throwing it out there that the Ford Niners should have traded or should have considered Sam Darnold. I know a lot of people were saying, oh, he's broken. He was seeing ghosts, or, you know, they even threw out, you know, somewhat of an injury prone, or he doesn't have it. But I think, you know, Sam Darnold was just very, very young and he was asked to do a lot in New York. They did not have the right coaching staff or anything. Uh, So I think, you know, he's playing really well. I am, um, um, I think he would have done great with the Niners as
1: well, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, no, you're right. I remember that you you did you were high on Sam Darnold. I wasn't so high on him. Um, I think a lot of teams might regret that. Not none more than the Jets, though. The the general manager was there, they got to see him all the time. They made the decision to to get rid of him and draft Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson doesn't show up and that's gonna they're gonna get fired. So yeah, we'll see. Good yeah. for good for Sam Darnold.
2: I think the biggest thing when I guess when Sam Darnold I guess when they when he was leaving was just his contract because I think he was going into the final year of his contract or his rookie contract and the Panthers picked up his um you know fifth year fifth year option. So kind of what you risk there is kind of another Jimmy G situation. Let's say he comes in plays well, you give him a big contract, and then you know he may not turn out to be what you you need him to be, which is I feel like kind of happened with Jimmy G.
1: Yeah. All right, so other matchups we're looking at, Bears and Browns, Justin, Field, Justin Fields gets his first start.
0: Yeah, that, that's going to be, I mean, from here on now, Justin Fields is going to be tied to Trey Lance. Uh, and then I'm also looking to see, you know, whomever the Patriots are playing uh, to see who uh, Mac Jones, how he continues to play.
2: And just to comment on Justin Fields, dang, that's a pretty tough uh First star matchup. The Browns have a really, really good defense. They have Miles Garrett and some other defensive uh, studs. So, yeah, I hope he's going
0: to have his hands full for sure. He should definitely not go to the club this week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is an early 10 a.m. game. So, that'll be a good one to watch for sure. Yeah. And Patriots, Saints also play at 10 a.m. So, that'll be, I'm not sure what to think of the Saints right now. I know their coaching staff was out with COVID and things of that nature. So, but it's still yeah. cool to watch uh, Mac Jones.
2: Yeah. yeah, any of the rookie quarterbacks. I think for me, the biggest one I'm looking forward to is the Bucks versus Rams because I think this is going to tell us a lot about what the Rams are and if they're, you know, legit contenders.
1: Yeah, that's a big game right there. Yeah, I hope I hope Tommy comes through. So, what do you guys think? You think the Bucks will win?
0: I hope. If the, I'm hoping the Bucks will win, and I think so. I think uh, Tom Brady is always... I mean, no matter what, Tom Brady. He, he's a better quarterback maybe do a quick gpm on them i think <laughs> the buck i think the bucks win
1: i think
2: that's uh,
0: awesome uh, i don't know
1: i know 49 fans aren't gonna like this i have the um, chiefs and the rams in the Super Bowl, so i think the rams will win we'll see
0: blasphemy <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's early on but damn the rams i just with stafford there and everything uh this game will show just how legit they are. They're playing the the, the best team in the NFC, so so we gotta definitely keep uh, looking at our division. Though the Cardinals are playing Jacksonville, that shouldn't be a big deal. The Cardinals should win that one.
2: Could be a trap game. Never know. I hope so. I <laughs> hope so. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome if they if they dropped one to Jacksonville.
0: I I hope so, but I don't know, man. I think I think Urban Meyer is gonna be one and done with the Jaguars.
1: Yeah, they look terrible. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they fire him maybe even before this season ends.
0: I Think he he made a comment to Vic Fangio and he was like, "Man, it's like you're playing Alabama every week." <laughs>
2: yeah, he did. Like
0: are, he, are you are you kidding me? Like what did he think the NFL was going to be? I don't know. He's I I just he, he's going to be one and done.
1: It's terrible. I feel bad for him. I, the reason I know him is cuz I know Alex Smith played for him and Alex Smith did, did really great for for Urban Meyer. I think he he had some good quarterbacks from college that he developed but it's, it just doesn't always translate. Yeah.
2: I mean, even Nick Saban, you know, Alabama head coach, he, he coached with the, for the Dolphins for a bit, and I mean, he, he couldn't really get a whole lot going.
1: And then we also have Seattle against the Vikings. The Vikings are 0-2. They're desperate. I hope they could pull it off.
2: Yeah, and the Vikings had a really close game with the Cardinals. So, you know, maybe... Yeah, the Vikings, should have the Vikings
1: should have won that game. Are they playing at Seattle?
0: I'm not sure. Let's see. Yeah, the, Vi- the Vikings should have should have oh, beat the Cardinals, but I mean, I don't care who Seattle's playing. They're they playing uh, at Minnesota.
1: Yeah, I hope Vikings win. How about how about some of the teams we we hate, like the Raiders? are playing the <laughs> <offense>. Dolphins. <laughs> I, I think carr isn't. If Carr doesn't play, there's a good chance they lose. I think Carr... But- I, think Tua is out. Oh, the,
0: the, I don't think Tua's playing. The, Tua's out. Yeah, yeah, he has broken ribs or something. So I don't know
1: who. That's that's a tough one to call. I yeah, think the, 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 the Raiders this, should
0: win that one. This could expedite the Dolphins maybe trading for Watson. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. Not not a good game to watch there. And then how about the Eagles and Cowboys? I don't. Obviously, we hate the Cowboys. Hopefully, the Eagles win. Yeah, I hope Hurts. Puts, a, puts up, puts a good game. <laughs> yeah, Cowboys also
2: also had a really close game against the the Chargers, and I think they probably should have lost that game. Um,
0: but uh, that'd be funny if they if they lose to the to the Eagles. Yeah, what's crazy there is that uh, what is it Pollard is out playing Zeke right now. Yeah. Oh.
1: Never invest a first or second round pick on a running, even a third round pick on a running back is tough. I, it's hard for me to say a third because we got Frank Gore in the third, but he's he's special. Yep. <laughs> but it's definitely not a first or a top ten pick, on a running back—it's ridiculous. I, I I agree, but I, I'm glad it was the Cowboys that did that. So, all right, guys, huge game, Sunday night football. It's also my birthday on Sunday. Hopefully, that brings good luck. But <sighs> you guys are going to say the opposite. <laughs> yeah, ha-
2: it usually brings the opposite. Yeah, just yeah, the like, fact that it. you
1: mentioned that
0: there yeah. it is. The not not, not just the my birthday
1: fight, though. On your birthdays too, we tend to lose. So don't don't just put it all on me. Uh, I don't
0: know. <laughs> I have to go back and see.
1: <laughs> but. All right. it's so, all right. So we'll talk again. Uh maybe we'll be recording Sunday night or, or Monday night. We'll see how things go. All right. Sounds good. Peace.
2: Peace. Peace. Go Niners.